Hello everyone, it's Greg here. Uh, before we begin this episode, I just want to mention, when we taped this episode on Friday, there's a mention at one point of my good friend, Blade Braxton from WrestleCrap.com, and it broke about three hours ago at the time I'm recording this, just around midnight on March 29th, that he unfortunately passed away over the weekend, and I just want to send... My condolences out to his family and to his partner at WrestleCrap.com, Artie Reynolds. Needless to say, Blade was one of my comedy influences on the internet back in the day, and I was in contact with Blade on and off over the years. I, actually, just a couple of days ago, I made an Instagram post regarding Charlie Steiner at the WrestleMania 2 press conference that was on the WWE Hidden Gems that I posted on my personal Instagram page that he liked and made a comment on about... It had been no more than two or three days ago, but this is a very sudden and shocking passing, and I'll say more about it in the next taping we have later this week, but Blade, I just want to say we're all going to miss you here, and it's just a sad and tragic loss. The world lost a... Very funny and, and talented guy. But in the meantime, let's get with our scheduled episode for today, which is the 1979 DC slash Hanna-Barbera slash NBC specials Legends of the Superheroes. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 149, submission number 663, Legends of the Superheroes. Legends of the Superheroes aired on NBC from January 18th to January 25th 1979 for two episodes. Two primetime specials, I might add. Oh, yeah. And you want to know how big this was? Yeah. Listen to who they got to do the opening. Oh, okay. Legends of the Superheroes. For centuries, the world has been protected by a group of extraordinary men and women who have dedicated themselves to fighting crime. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's mightiest mortal, Shazam! Endowed with the wisdom, strength, and courage of the gods, Captain Marvel fights a never-ending battle against evil. Guardian of the universe and possessor of an incredible power ring, the Green Lantern has the ability to perform amazing feats against evildoers. Sentinel of the skies, winged phantom of the night, the Hawkman fights the evils of the present with the weapons of the past. Combining beauty, wisdom, and physical prowess, the Huntress fights a constant battle against crime and injustice. Joy of the oppressed, wonder of the multitudes, the Flash! This crime fighter is swifter than the speed of light, fighter than the rapidity of thought. With the uncanny ability to generate earth-shattering sound waves, the Black Canary fights a relentless battle against criminal injustice. With his reckless grin, Devil May Care courage and incredible gymnastic skills, Robin the Boy Wonder is Batman's crime-fighting companion. 
His symbol a frightening creature of the night. His disguise strikes terror into the criminal heart. Batman the Cape Crusader has pledged his life to fighting the forces of evil. Gary Owens! Yep! <laughs> oh my god. Well, guys, the reason we picked this episode for this week is because a big event happened on HBO Max this month. Uh, four hours big. Oh, four hours big in four by three aspect ratio in IMAX. But it's at home, so you don't get to see it in IMAX. No. You, you get the black bars on the left and right screen like you're watching a 2001 pan and scan DVD. Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's the movie you love in the theater. But with 100% less Josh Whedon writing. Yeah. This was basically the movie as it was intended. So apparently Zack Snyder wanted this movie to go really, really, really long. Yes. But you know what? Avengers was like, Three hours and change, so what the hell do I know? Endgame specifically. Yeah, Endgame was like three yeah, hours and change. this is what I don't get about people complaining about, oh, this is four hours. Uh, uh. You guys didn't complain when Endgame was three hours. Well, that's different. Endgame was good. I understand that, but still, if you sat through three hours of Endgame, you could sit through at least one hour of slow motion in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And also, you're not watching this in the theater, you're watching it in your house. You could take a break whenever you want. You can, you know. You don't have to take it all at once. You can, you know, space it out. You know, Even, even divided it into chapters. You don't have to watch all of it. No. But we're getting off topic here. Yeah, this is not a podcast where we talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. We are here to talk about something from 40 years earlier. Yes, before we had the Arrowverse and their yearly epic events, which, by the way, make for some of the best television on television today. Right? The, yes. the Arrowverse crossovers. Oh, Crisis the, on Infinite Earths last Crisis, year. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. Uh, the Hall of Justice reveal at the end of Crisis. Yeah. Yep. Chef's kiss. Alec Moore, we miss you. But we didn't have the Hall of Justice 40 years ago. No. We had some cave-looking thing. Some cave-looking thing on NBC. And who was in this cave-looking thing? A collection of the greatest superheroes ever to be assembled in a single place. Except not really. Because this is 1979, and you're missing two key DC heroes. Two key DC heroes you're missing in 1979. Superman, who wasn't going to be in this special for obvious reasons. Well, because the first movie with Christopher Reeve would have been a year earlier, and we'd be a year away from the sequel. And Wonder Woman, again, for obvious reasons. Because it was already on TV at this time with Linda Carter. And like 
fun any of those were going to appear on NBC for what turned out to be a just really quick, really cheap, really wrong sort of couple of specials that ended up airing. Because, well, Legends of the Superheroes was basically, it was a reunion on the scale of the 60s era Batman. They even got Adam West and Burt Ward and Frank Gorshin to reprise their roles as the Caped Crusader, the Boy Wonder, and insert nickname for the Riddler here. Oh my god, yes. I was so happy to see Adam West and Burt Ward back in the roles again, along with Frank Gorshin. By the way, guys, this will not be the last time we'll be talking about Frank Gorshin this year, because at the end of the year, we'll be talking about him, because he was a voice in Rudolph's shiny new year. It's true. Yes. But lest you think that Batman and Robin are the only superheroes that are legendary, well, we heard Gary Owens in the beginning go over the roster of superheroes that they ultimately chose Aside from the lack of Superman and Wonder Woman, this was basically billed as a live-action version of Challenge of the Super Friends, which would have been airing, strangely enough, on another network. What? Yeah. I mean, Hanna-Barbera and DC were behind this series of specials. Yes, I know that. But Super Friends was on ABC. This was on NBC. Oh, because that might explain why it's not called Super Friends. Yeah, so let's go over the legendary superheroes that are the legends of the superheroes. First of all, you have Captain Marvel, Earth's mightiest mortal. And just to clarify, this is Shazam. Yes, the the hero that is now known as Shazam. We're not going to get into a long story about why he was then Captain Marvel and now he's Shazam. We'd be here all day. We'd be here all day talking about that. Let's just say, for the purposes in 1979, he was the DC Captain Marvel. And he was played by a gentleman by the name of Garrett Craig, who you would know from Future Entry, Man from Atlantis, and 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 as a swimmer in the movie Heaven Can Wait. That's pretty much all he did. Okay. It's like... He did a whole lot of bit rules in the 1970s. And you know what they say. There are no small roles. There are only small actors. Or, you know, something like that. Yeah. All right. And then you have the Green Lantern in Brightest Day and Darkest Night and all that good stuff. He was played by a guy named a guy named Howard Murphy. I don't know who he is either. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, he he is another one of those guys who did stuff in the 70s and 80s. Just surfing from role to role. This is is perhaps his most notable role. And again, we wish this was a video podcast because he's talking to uh, Fortune Teller. We will get there. We'll get to the who's playing the Fortune Teller later. Then you have... uh, Hawkman. Hawkman. Yes. Played by Bill Knuckles. And we've talked about Bill Knuckles before. Yes, because he was in previous entry. Say it, Mike. Super Train. Yeah, Super Train. Yep. 
And, and the thing is, if you look at his IMDb page, he has three entries. <laughs> Super Train for five of the six episodes, Legends of the Superheroes, and Sunset Cove, where he played Moose. Moose! And, Let and- me guess. He's playing the exact same role in all three shows. How'd you guess? Uh, it's a gift, Michael. It's a gift. Then you have the fastest man alive, the Flash, played by Rod Hassa. And we, we're just going to assume that this is the Barry Allen Flash. Yes. And uh, his most notable role is... Um, actually, he has no such... Actually, no. Mike, you'll love this. He played Wally in the Gong Show movie. Yeah, he did. Not a big part, mind you, but it's a movie I have on Blu-ray. Wait, don't the buy, Gong don't Show buy it. Movie? I wasted my money. Don't buy it. Oh, okay. It. okay. I was going to say, the Gong Show movie's on Blu-ray? Who released that? Uh, it was released Somebody. a couple of years ago. I know, but what company released it? If I knew where my uh, Blu-ray cases were, I could tell you. They're, they're here somewhere. Shout Factory released Of it. course it would be Shout Factory. It's like for every three or four good Shout Factory releases, you get one crappy one. One crappy tell- one. You, you get a gong show movie. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Kino Warber wouldn't release that. Yep. Kino Warber releases quality. Okay, I'll let you believe that. <laughs> no, but it's true. They released SOS Titanic. Oh, that's true. We'll, we'll talk no, about no. that. We'll talk about that next sometime month. next month. And then you have the Huntress, who in at least up either New 52 or just before, but definitely in the WB series Birds of Prey, is the daughter of Batman... Catwoman. Yeah, I think at this time in 1979 she was more known as an Earth 2 character, I think. Because she's also the daughter of Batman and Catwoman on Earth 2. Yeah. And getting into the uh, origin story, Helena Wayne, by the way, was her real name, joined the law firm of Cranston and Grayson. Three guesses who the Grayson was. Yeah. That's in future entry Birds of Prey 2003. Mm-hmm. And the character is in the 2020 movie Birds of Prey. Which or- is actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, where the character of Huntress is the daughter of a crime boss played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Who is actually a really good actress. By the oh, way, of- one, oh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, of course, and Scott two, Pilgrim. And two, Tar Heel in the house. Oh, I didn't know she went to North Carolina. Uh, she didn't, but she is from Raleigh. Oh, okay. So, well, she's Wolfpack in the house. Well, yeah, I guess you can say that. Anyway, uh, this this version of the Huntress is played by Barbara Joyce, who didn't do much. Actually, she was a regular in a another future entry, the Ken Berry Wow Show. Wow. That's what I just said. Oh, my. What are we watching? Oh, it's just a tennis match. So this is tennis. Wow. 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 
Fifteen, love. That was just one point? Federer and Hastings are known for their long rallies. Federer to serve. Wow! 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 Fifteen all. And this is just the first game of the first round of a three-week tournament? Yay! She got to hang out with Carol Burnett and Steve Martin and Terry Gar and Cheryl Lann. Yeah, it was the 70s. They needed a token African-American. Sadly, she's no longer with us. Oh. Yeah. And then you have Black Canary, who I'm guessing is just an excuse to uh, show Danuta Wesley in a revealing onesie. Ooh. Hey, I know what you're thinking, and it almost happened in one of the episodes. Yeah. But yeah, she was basically, I guess she was hired during the 70s to be eye candy. Yeah. Pretty Go much. figure. Go figure. Yeah. And of course, Batman and Robin are Adam West and Burt Ward. We mentioned this. Try and keep up. But you had the superheroes. You also had... Oh, wait. There was one more superhero that appeared in the second episode, but not the first episode. And that was the Adam. The Adam. Played yes. by... Alfie Wise. A future installment trauma center. Mm-hmm. And he was a guest star in previous installment, The Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. It always comes back to The Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Oh, and this isn't going to be the last time we'll be discussing someone related to game shows in this episode. Nope, not even remotely close. That was our uh, sort of listing of the superheroes, because we can't call them the Justice League, and we can't call them the Super Friends. So we're just going to call them what they call themselves. Superheroes. The superheroes. Yeah. Straightforward. Yeah. So now we go into the Legion of Doom. They couldn't call them the Super Friends, but they can still call themselves the Legion of Doom. Go figure. (laughs) Okay. You have Solomon Grundy, played by Mickey Morton. He was in previous entry... The Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh. As Mala. Oh my god! So so Solomon Grandi was Chewbacca's wife. And Greg is dead. Well, just remember, Peter Mayhew in the Star Wars Holiday Special was kissed by a man. Thanks, Blade. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, and then you have... Playing Weather Wizard from, you you know who Weather Wizard is, if you've ever seen The Flash. Sort of the uh, prototype to Captain Cold, although there are two different, there are two different characters there. He's Um, Dollar Tree Captain Cold. He's Dollar Tree Captain Cold, thank you. But playing Weather Wizard from previous entry, Pink Lady, Jeff! Jeff! Jeff Altman. I see, I see, I see Mike with that grin on his face. Playing Sinestro, 
he's a he's a very funny guy. He has a command of the English language. He's all like, and like, <laughs> and he used to host the he used to announce for the Jerry Lewis show, which is going to be covered in his feature entry. It's a Charlie Callis. Charlie Callis. Oh, I love Charlie Callis. I love Charlie Callis too. He he was like the the main reason I watched the Dom Deluise show back in the day. And the show comes to a screeching halt. <laughs> the the only Dom Deluise t- show was good back in the late eighties. The only the- Dom Deluise show I recognize is Lots of Luck. By the way, that's also a future entry. Now, yeah. you know he did Candid Camera. I, see, I, I knew that. I knew I, that because I grew up on it. I mean, that used to air right before Montel when I was growing up. Yes. Candid, Candid Camera was before Montel where you lived. Where I lived in southeastern Arizona near Tucson, Candid Camera aired before Montel. What? You had some weird affiliate if you had Candid Camera before Montel. Well, it depends what time of day we're talking. Yeah, true. We have Giganta, played by Alicia Brevard, who was an entertainer, actress, model, Playboy bunny, professor of theater, author, and also underwent one of the first sex reassignment surgery procedures performed in the United States. Oh. So, landmark LGBT representation there. Awesome. Okay. Sadly, no longer with us. Oh. And then you have, as Dr. Savannah, Howard Morris. Of course, Dr. Savannah, the chief enemy of Captain Marvel slash Shazam, mm-hmm. who was played by Mark Strong in the 2019 Shazam movie. And really, where you'd know Howard Morris's name from? He uh, played the Hamburglar! What? I'm not kidding about that. He portrayed the Hamburglar, according to IMDb, from 1971 to 2000. Wow. wow. 29 from, years of being the Hamburglar. From your show of shows with Sid Caesar to that. And also, a little bit better, uh, at least talking about TV shows. He was also the voice of Wade the Duck on Garfield and Friends with uh, the U.S. Acres uh, cartoons. Oh, yeah. I love that. The U.S. Acres cartoons are going to be a future installment. Although I liked the U.S. Acres cartoons. Oh, oh, they were great. They were awesome. I, I love the I love the egg, the egg on U.S. Acres. I was I was always I was always Sheldon. Oh, Sheldon was like, awesome. Yeah, you know, we have no and to this day we have no idea what goes on in that egg. No. We never did find out. Anyway. Mordrew. Oh god. The the Lord the most prominent Lord of Chaos and the adversary of both the Justice Society of America, the Legion of Superheroes, and some and something I think is due for a sort of reboot. Amethyst Princess of Gemworld, played by Gabriel Dell, who was a member of the Dead End Kids, the East Side Kids, and the Bowery Boys. Sort of a bunch of New York collectives. But you could see him. Either he or Don Franks was 
the uncredited actor playing the voice of Boba Fett in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Or if you couldn't see him, you could definitely hear him. Oh, and by the way, the Boba Fett cartoon from the Star Wars Holiday Special was recently announced. It's going to be on later this year on Disney+. Plus. Yes! I want to see that. We should do a live show of that cartoon. We should. And then you get to the second episode, where you have Aunt Minerva, played by Ruth Buzzy. And if you don't know who Ruth Buzzy is, seriously, what podcast are you even listening to? And not so much a hero or a villain, but a side char- a couple of side characters. On the first special, you have Retired Man, slash the Scarlet Cyclone, played by William Shallert, which we'll talk about in future entry, The New Gidget, but he was, his his career was... Oh, he he's one of the legends. He is, oh god. He really is. Where his name immediately came to mind for me was he played uh, Martin Lane and uh, Kenneth Lane on the Patty Duke show. He was Patty Dukes and... Uh, the, the twins, dad. Patty and Kathy. Yes. Yeah. Well, Patty, Patty's they're uh, identical. Pa- cousins, Patty's father though. and Kathy's uncle. Yes. Was it Kathy's father and Patty's uncle. Yes. He he, he played the father. Yes. He played the father slash uncle on the Patty Duke show. Okay, now I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> this played, is the part. Oh, is... oh, and he was and he was in the cast of one of the most iconic episodes of. The original series of Star Trek ever. The Trouble with Tribbles. The Trouble with Tribbles, yes! And we'll talk about the Tribbles in the Star Trek animated series in the sequel episode, More Tribbles, More Troubles. (laughs) And then, oh Jesus, I'm going to have to start going to church or something because the second episode has a guy by the name of Ghetto Man, played by Brad Sanders. Yeah, he appears in the roast. And it is the... I don't know what's worse. Him or Marshall Warfield acting like the Greek chorus in a phone booth in the challenge episode. Because here's Marshall Warfield as the Greek chorus in the phone booth they give her some of the most racist crap imaginable to say. It is a long time before Night Court. Yes, it is. And we should also mention uh, uh, one role Brad Sanders had, and this I think was a show we mentioned last week. He played the voice of Tequila on Tequila and Benetti. Yes! Tequila and Benetti. Interestingly enough, Brad Sanders still working really hard on his craft. He was in Bad Boys for Life last year, and and he's in an episode of Black Lightning this year. Oh, so he's so he's back in DC with Black Lightning. He's in the proper televised universe. Yes, the pro- the Arrowverse, of course. Yes, the Arrowverse. Because I keep forgetting. Well, thanks to DC Universe, now there's like two sort of DC universes. There's... Oh, because of, um, was it Titans and Doom Patrol? Titan, they have Titans and Doom Patrol on one end, and then you have all the CW shows on the other. Yeah. But isn't all that DC Universe stuff now all streamlined in HBO Max? Yes, it is. 
Okay. I really need to get binge Doom Patrol. I hear it's very yes, good. Yes, you do. And especially because yes, T Dalt's in it. Yep. And Brendan Fraser. Well, Brendan Fraser's voice anyway. Oh yeah. He's Robot Man. Anyway. Uh, and he says basically what we're all thinking. Especially after watching these two episodes, which we'll go over right now. So wait, 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 am I missing something? You didn't mention Hawkman's mother. Oh, I didn't mention Hawkman's mother. She's played by Pat Carroll. Yeah. Honestly, if you don't know who Pat Carroll is. Oh, yeah. Stop listening to this podcast. Just stop. Okay. Just just stop listening. And I don't know. Go to something else or something. But also, playing a host in one of the episodes, I think this is the connection you're trying to make earlier to game shows. Ed McMahon. That wasn't yeah. the connection. We'll get That's to that later. That's but a connection. Ed McMahon, of course, is a connection. Okay. But of oh, course, and, he and... was hosting what? He was hosting the U.S. version of Who Done It this time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It was 79. I don't know if it was necessarily this early in 79, but yes. And playing the role of Rhoda Rooter. No, Rhoda Rooter! Ha 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 Get it? It's a joke on Rhoda. Yeah. Is June Gable, who you know as Joey's agent Estelle on Friends. Oh, okay. So she was responsible for bugging him on that one week of Pyramid. <sighs> yep. And that's basically all of your superheroes, Deuteragonists, and uh, the Legion of Doom. So, how did DC and Hanna-Barbera, A, conceive a live-action version of Super Friends, and B, put it on a different network? Well, it all goes back to... uh, guy by the name of, hmm, these couple of names look familiar. The specials were directed by Bill Carruthers and Chris Darley. Chris Darley, legendary game show producer, obviously. And Bill Carruthers was one of the uh, creators of what would ultimately become Press Your Luck. Yes. And he was also, if I'm not mistaken, the executive producer of previous installment, The Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he the, was. The 1975 version with Regis. And so they got together with Joseph Barbera, of course, he of uh, Hanna-Barbera, to produce this. It's like, what can I say? It, it is just this. And I'll tell you right now, I've watched both of the episodes. This is just some of... It's like, to say this that the writing is crap would do absolute injustice to the fecal movement as we know it. Ha ha, injustice. I see what you did there. <laughs> and unlike most superhero dramas of the day, and especially unlike Batman... This was not recorded on film. It was recorded on videotape with uh, some um, some home cooked laugh tracks. 
And of course, this was back when videotape was a very difficult process. Oh, yes. Especially on location videotape. Which some of this was taped on location. There was a park, a gas station, and a used car lot, all within like a five to ten mile radius of Calabasas, California. Yeah. In fact, during the gas station scene, you could see like there's a restaurant and there's like one of the waiters is like watching the scene as it's going on. You can see him in the background, the one waiter watching the whole scene. Yeah, and I believe that waiter was from the Mexican restaurant across the street. Yes! By the way, the Sagebrush Cantina, as we record this, is still very much open, I believe. Oh, that's great! I'm glad to see it's still doing well at the time of COVID. Yep. Get yourself some, tell the guys that it was a thing sent you. We mentioned that this was sort of a reunion of sorts for the uh, Batman cast. But that wasn't the costume that Batman wore in the uh, Batman series. Oh, they made a completely new costume for Adam West? They at least made a completely new cowlin cape. Oh, okay. That was like, this is your, I'm looking at the cowlin cape, the picture of the cowlin cape. If I'm not mistaken, they were one piece in the original series this is obviously two different pieces no yeah the story goes that the original cowl that was worn in the series was stripped and recovered by the seamstress who made the cowl for legends of the superheroes she didn't take pictures of it and made the whole thing out of from memory and it turns out that the neck was too short. How does the that neck- happen? Dude, first of all, you are the costume designer. You need to make a cowling cape for Batman. You take pictures of the damn thing, okay? The cowl was too short. The cape was a different color. And it was two different pieces, obviously. And if I'm not mistaken, Adam West actually had something to say about this. Adam West said in his autobiography that he regretted taking this project, specifically how cheap it was. Of note are the episodes were recorded on videotape rather than film. The heroes and villains' respective headquarters are clearly the same set. Exterior shots all take place in the same park. Even by the standards of the day, the special effects are crude, and most of the heroes and villain costumes are of low quality. I get what you're going for, but this is prime time in 1980. I mean, have you seen what they did with Common Rider in 1980? I'm sure you could put together something of that quality. At least. But, hey. They knew this was, I, I guess somebody knew that this was going absolutely nowhere, so, you know. Another fun fact about this show, back in the 60s, Burt Ward was wearing stockings. He had to shave his legs for this production. Yeah. He, he didn't shave his legs for the original television series. He shaved his legs for this. Wow. But uh, I'm sure there's more stuff to uh, go over as we talk about the episodes. So 
Let's talk about the episodes. I shall warn you, the jokes are incredibly dated. And when I say incredibly dated, I mean older than dirt. But I bet they're still better than the jokes in the Josh Whedon version of Justice League. Anything's better than the jokes in the Justice League by Josh Whedon. So, the first episode is The Challenge. And The Challenge is it begins innocuously enough as a retirement ceremony for... Retired Man. Retired Man, that's right. And he wants to be called by his old name, the Scarlet Cyclone. Yeah, you're going to be called Retired Man, and you're going to like it. And notice they don't mention the Hall of Justice. It's the Hall of Heroes, because the Hall of Justice was still on Super Friends. But again, the villains are still called the Legion of Doom. Yeah. By the way, the Legion of Doom's uh, headquarters, still in the same set, only redressed. So they basically did what they the producers of Star Trek 2 did with the sets. Yeah. Of the Enterprise of the Reliant. Because they had to redress the set to make people think it was a different set when in reality it was the same set. Anyway, the Legion of Doom interrupts the party and tells them that the Riddler, Weather Wizard, Sinestro, Mordru, Dr. Sivana, Giganta, and Solomon Grundy have created a doomsday device that will go off in an hour killing everyone in the world. Not that doomsday. He doesn't appear until another 13 years. No. And they have one hour to find and destroy said doomsday device. Which, strangely enough, has a sports fade display on it. I mean, who does that? This was bad planning by the villains. Yeah. You know what I mean when I say a sports sports. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. A sports clock back in the day. Yeah. They had that LCD display. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They used it on the prices right before they went all digital. Digital. So, the Legion of Doom challenges the superheroes. I almost said I almost said one of the uh, forbidden groups of death there. To find and destroy the Doomsday Device. Which, by the way, is atop the Legion of Doom's headquarters. It is literally hanging in a cage above the Legion of Doom. So, the entirety of the superheroes goes off on their their own separate sort of devices, trying to find clues as to the location of the Doomsday Device. Planted by the Riddler, because that's sort of his thing. Imagine Shakespeare, but a genius. That is the Riddler talking, by the way. So all of the heroes look to find it. Batman and Robin have the hardest time at it, as the Batmobile is sabotaged and breaks down near a gas station. And in the gas station... Solomon Grundy appears to, well, take care of the superheroes. 
No. Solomon Grundy makes the worst convincing gas station attendant ever. He had a hat on, Greg! So he puts a hat on. Nobody knows he's Solomon Grundy. Even though he his face screams Solomon Grundy. Yep. It's like, I haven't seen big, hulking, gray gas attendants in my lifetime. No! Have you? No. Have you, Mike? Cannot say I have. Okay. So, Batman and Robin escape, and they find themselves in a used car lot run by Weather Wizard. A used car lot run by Jeff Altman? I know. Shocking. But he's tried to get them into a lemon, and all Batman has on him is $100. He's Bruce Wayne, and all he carries around is $100? He's a millionaire! And he only has $100 with him? What is wrong with you, Bruce? And you know what that gets him? A Cold War-era Russian motorcycle with a sidecar. Which I guess is better than nothing. Except that the motorcycle and the sidecar end up splitting. Meanwhile, the Flash and the Huntress are, well, running into the park and interrupting somebody's romantic picnic. Oh. Why? I mean, seriously, why? And the Green Lantern looks for clues and finds a fortune teller. (laughs) And the fortune teller is Sinestro. Yeah. He got the hint when the fortune teller looked at the Green Lantern's power ring and said, Ooh, you have such a pretty ring there. And then Green Lantern's like, Hey, you have a pretty ring too. Cue the uh, dramatic, but not really, special effects fight. Sinestro did not think this out properly. He could have just taken his ring off, and Green Lantern wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, but if you take your power ring off, then you lose Oh, yeah, the then you lose the fortune teller. But then why be a fortune teller at all? I don't know. It's like nobody involved with this thought of anything. Hawkman and Black Canary find their way to the gas station and have it out with Solomon Grundy until they are captured. Oh, no. Meanwhile, Captain Marvel is looking for a clue and finds the roadside psychiatrist. Was that a thing? There's roadside psychiatrists? I have absolutely no idea. Mike, was that a thing back in the day? There'd be roadside psychiatrists with, like, an office, like, in the middle of an abandoned street somewhere. Well, we've all seen what Lucy Van Pelt does. True. But he sort of probes into Captain Marvel's mind. And, well, not much going on up there. But, ultimately... Oh, and then Captain Marvel goes to a lemonade stand. Which is... Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, 
Yeah, he he goes to the lemonade stand. The Flash goes to the lemonade stand. And the Green Lantern goes to the lemonade stand. They drink the lemonade, but it was dosed with a potion to uh, sort of strip them of their superpowers. And the lemonade stand was run by Dr. Silvana. Yes. Meanwhile, Captain Marvel goes to rescue Hawkman and Black Canary from the gas station. And Black Canary, because Marsha Warfield's in the phone booth and she hears everything, gets the location of the Legion of Doom's headquarters. And because she's Black Canary, what's her power? Screaming really loudly. How long has Marsha Warfield been on this phone? I don't know. It's but a this... payphone from the 1970s. How long is this call? She must have a lot to say to her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they all rush to the Legion of Doom headquarters. Of course, some of them with more powers than others. But yeah, they but, all... Yeah. But, the, but also, beforehand, they were, there was like a scene with jet skis. Yeah. Batman and Robin, they need to get to the Legion of Dooms, but they can't do it in their uh, motorcycle. A, because motorcycles aren't built for water, and B, because their motorcycle's in two pieces. But that's okay, because we have a pair of jet skis with nobody riding them. So more Drews on a jet ski. Batman and Robin are chasing him on jet skis. And ultimately, everybody arrives at the Legion of Doom headquarters. Which is not easy to do if you've ever seen the Legion of Doom. I mean, it just pops up from underneath a swampy marsh. I mean, how how does that even happen? Anywho, they have no superpowers, but they go into this elaborate fight, and it looks like all hope is lost when Solomon Grundy accidentally uh, gives the Legion of Doom the desuperizing potion. Oops! Sorry about that. So, we have this elaborate fight scene between the superheroes and the Legion of Doom, and it ends with Batman and Robin sort of hoisting the Riddler up to his Doomsday device and using his head to deactivate it. And I don't even remember how, but they somehow got their superpowers back as well. Yeah. And then this special ends with retired man. Scarlet Cyclone. Oh, yeah. But he comes in late. And he's like, I'm here. And then he takes a nap. And the special ends. Yeah. And that's basically all there is to it. Except there isn't. Because, Greg, tell us what happened in the roast. Ed McMahon hosted a roast for superheroes. And a bunch of stuff happened. Wow. That's basically the long and short of it. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't watch the whole thing. I I tapped out after. You tapped out after the challenge. I tapped out. After. No, no, I tapped out after the scene with uh, 
what's what's his face? The guy from Tequil and Bonetti. The, uh, oh, Ghetto Man. Ghetto Man. Yeah, I tapped out. Yeah, like, I was done. I'm like, nope. Like, nope. But there's some stuff with retired men in it, which we'll play right here. Hi, Ken. It's nice to meet you, retired. Retired man, it is really nice to meet you. Don't call me retired man. Why don't you call me by my old name? The name that struck fear in the hearts of villains. The Scarlet... Uh, Cyclone. Where? No, 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 you, sir, you. You are the Scarlet Cyclone. You know it, Bob. (laughs) Remember this? We do get... What what do, what do we get here? We got Hawkman's mother. We got yeah, we Alfie have, Wise as the Adam. Of course. And we have, um, again, Ghetto Man. And I'm thinking to myself, why? 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 Look, we know it's 1979. But seriously! Like, what... what? ever possessed you to think that this was a Was the John Stewart version of Green Lantern around at this time? No. Did they establish that Martian Manhunter's human disguise was black yet? No. Okay. So, we had no choice. Yeah. So, what started out as a tribute to Batman and Robin ends up as, well, everybody ripping on everybody. It wasn't even that funny. No! It's like, it didn't have, like, at least the challenge had some sort of, I don't know, thing. At least the challenge had Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. Yeah. You didn't even get Frank Gorshin in this! Nope. Well, at least you have Jeff Altman back, but I mean, still. At least you had Ed McMahon. Oh, Ed McMahon, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ed, if you, you gave, I think you gave Ed McMahon had like some of the best lines. Uh, he's it's like, he hadn't seen this. You know what? Let's just play the Ed McMahon intro. Good evening. On behalf of uh, superheroes everywhere, oh, and superheroines, or super persons if you prefer, <laughs> I bid you welcome. Tonight we're going to relax and enjoy ourselves and to take charge of the festivities is a man who's famous for relaxing and enjoying himself. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Ed McMahon. seen people dressed like this since I had lunch at Alice Cooper's house. (laughs) Beautiful. Look at all those capes. This looks like Truman Capote's closet, doesn't it? (laughs) 
I'm delighted to be here tonight with all my favorite superheroes. Now, if you're a comic book fan, you know that they're all here. These guys have superpowers. Some of them got them by falling into a vat of liquid. That happened to me last week at the Budweiser plant. Yeah. I wish Ed McMahon had given, like, I don't know, like Huntress a giant check. <laughs> Must stop making... Must not make the obvious joke. <laughs> oh. ah. Aside from that intro from Edric Man, nothing of any consequence happened in this particular episode. No. I don't even remember how many people watched it. No. I'm sure the kids loved it. I'm sure, yeah, the kids love Ghetto Man. See... <laughs> That's why the world's in such a state right now. Oh, yeah. That explains a lot. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Bill Carruthers. And um, if you want to... Uh, first, first of all, if you want to watch this, you should probably have yourself examined. But it is available on DVD from Warner Archive. Which is their uh, MOD DVD service. Yes. But, uh, yikes. Well, I'll give one positive. You got Adam West and Burt Ward. Yep. And they were as, they were as uh, on it as as ever. Yes. It's like back in 1979, Adam West and Burt Ward knew that they would forever be known as Batman and Robin. Yeah. They didn't even try and, you know, fight it at this point. No. I mean, at this point, Adam West was on Memphis television as Batman doing an angle with Jerry Lawler. Wait, really? Yeah. Huh. It happened. Look it up. I will look it up later. But you know what? Yeah. Legends of the Superheroes. It was a big event. In 1979 on NBC. Yep. And at the end of the day, you know what it was? It was a thing on TV. Yes. I'll tell you what. We've come a long way from Legends of the Superheroes. We are spoiled now. We we are spoiled. I mean, you look at a superhero drama on the CW or HBO Max or Disney Plus or uh, all, all of the MCU things, and I'm thinking to myself, my, we are so sophisticated now. Yes. How did we ever get here? Oh, writers who actually cared about the source material and the production. That's how we got here. Silly me. But, you know, we just can't leave this alone, right? No. Let's do some shopping! Oh. Okay, so I found this. It is a trading card. PSA DNA certified. A Howard Murphy is the Green Lantern, and it's signed by Howard Murphy. Wow. Yeah. Is this a custom card, or is this an actual... No, this is an actual card 
from 1979. Wow. And it's signed by Howard Murphy. Who made this card? Uh, was it I top- have no was it idea. Tops? I, I don't think it was Tops. I think it was... Uh, Maybe Fleer? It was, Fleer it, might have done non-sports stuff back then. It might have done it. But yeah, you have this card. Green Lantern, Howard Murphy in costume as the Green Lantern. Mike, you like trading cards. What are you bidding on this? Greg likes them too, though. Sixty-nine ninety-nine. Nice, Greg. One dollar, Bob. Oh, <laughs> the actual buy it now price for a nineteen seventy-nine Howard Murphy Green Lantern size Legends of the Superhero PSA slapped card. Oh, Mike, you were really close. Seventy-five dollars. Hey! Well, it's not like the $499.99 WrestleMania 2 ring from last week. No, it's not. <laughs> but holy hell. I mean, this is... Uh, you know what? This is a collector's item. I hate to sound like a guy trying to hawk something, but this is really a collector's item. I mean, I defy you to find something worth remembering about this show. On second thought, please don't. Because yeah, because reasons. Anywho, if you want to uh, find out about uh, some legends regarding non-superheroes, you can head over to our website at itwasathingontv.com We've got all 148 previous episodes. We have minisodes, and live shows and director's and, cuts and director's cuts and all of our social links at it was a thing on TV over all social media and of course we are on YouTube we gotta we gotta plug the YouTube YouTubes yep and um, let's just say like comment and subscribe and if you are on the YouTube don't forget to hit the bell. <laughs> In order to stay updated on future entries. Nice that you borrowed the Oddity Archives bell. Oh, well, I just looked I just looked for a bell and I just happened to find one. Anywho, next episode, oh god, last year's highlight month was so well received. And we all enjoyed doing it so much. We are doing it again. And not only that, but our next episode is episode number 150. Woohoo! And boy, for this 150th episode, I'm going to say this. It is going to be a star-studded 150th episode. Oh, yeah. This like, isn't Puchinski. No. Are, no. This is... We're talking about A-level celebrity stars. Would you imagine, for a moment, Jennifer Lawrence, Allison Brie, Andy Dick, Patrick Cassidy, John Benjamin, Jamie Presley, Jamie Presley, of course, and that chick who would go on to be the uh, pink Super Megaforce Ranger, in the same... TV show. 
Well, it almost happened. Almost. And we will talk about it right here next time on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Thursday. Wow! Mr. Wayne. Clark Kent, Daily Planet. What's your position on the Bat Vigilante in Gotham? This Batman thinks he's above the law. Okay. You're the uh, new guy in town, is that right? You uh, could say that. We do things a little differently in Gotham. Do you? I know you. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Excuse us. People ever tell you look like Superman? No, I've. Never heard that before. Huh. Like I said, Mr. Wayne, people in God need to learn. You're that. Superman. Hey, will you, will you take a picture with us? Get more from me and Super. I gotta get this on the gram. Thanks. My wife's a big fan. Uh, what do they call it when, you know, there's a celebrity that your wife would have sex with? You're that guy. Okay. Say cheese. Anyway, put the phone back up for a second. You're Batman. <laughs> I got Batman and Superman over here. Look, I think you have me confused with somebody else. Yeah, look at that. Hey, hey, f*** off. Whoa, this is awesome. I'm just having a conversation. Oh, I'm just, I didn't realize you were having a conversation. Hey, everybody, they're having a conversation. They don't want any regular people to bother them up. Just leave you guys alone then. Thank you. Anyway, as I was saying, I think the people in Metropolis need to learn that they can't trust an alien with the power to burn the entire civilization yeah. down. Batman and Superman. Fight, is that so? I don't know what's going on. Hey, I'll play Batman. Yo, what up, Periscope? It's your boy Jim. I'm here with Batman and Soup. Shut your mouth or I'll throw you off this planet. <laughs>